This is your Drive Time News Blast, 30 minutes jam-packed with up-to-the-minute news from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice every weekday. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. The impeachment news is swamping every mainstream media outlet to the point where it's actually kind of laughable. Like, I'm going to look for real news. Like, I'm curious to know what's happening in Davos, what's happening in Iran, what's happening in Russia. I wanted to know the aftermath of the Virginia gun rally. And literally every, as I scroll down Fox News, it was just pictures of like Trump and Adam Schiff and Hillary and Bernie Sanders and all this just absolute... It, it was much worse than the Inquirer. Like the Inquirer, if you watch Men in Black, it's like, but that's all true. Like there, there is at least stuff that's true on the Inquirer. So the impeachment is the top story of the day, even though there's barely anything to it, from what Nothing I can tell. Nothing to it. Okay, I, I agree. So I there's just a couple of uh, hints as to what the rules might be, and then something that I found to be kind of in line with something I was expecting. The impeachment rules, apparently, the only things that are controversial or surprising or definite at this point, which they haven't even been voted on yet, is they want to allow each side to have one day for opening arguments. The departure from the Clinton era is that those days don't have to be like back to back or consecutive. They expect all of that to be wrapped up by Saturday. So it's going to take them four days to do two days worth of stuff, apparently. I thought they did have to be back to back in two days. They don't have to be? Well, that's why it's actually quite hard to understand. But, well, I, I shouldn't say it's under. I could not decipher why, how it was possible to give them two days, one day each that did not have to be finished in two days. Anyway, they expect it to be finished Saturday is when they expect. So, I mean, it's not going to stretch on for weeks. And after that time or during that time, the senators can give written questions to John Roberts to ask. So John Roberts is the chief justice and he's presiding. Then there will be a vote on whether or not they will hear witness testimony, but it will happen likely before they actually read or enter the House evidence into the record. So I don't know if we're supposed to pretend like the senators don't actually know what the House has up its sleeve so that they can say, well, I don't know anything. Surely we must vote for witnesses because I don't know what we what's in the house evidence we might need more information I don't know it's weird there seems to be no reason for it I don't even think they're obliged to read house evidence into the senate record they I don't think they have to incorporate it if they don't want to but all of this is to say that I'm continuing you know they are always they can easily be one step ahead they have great writers I just got a text from Indivisible that says that Mitch McConnell's House impeachment rules are deplorable or something like that. that Yeah, Chuck Schumer was saying stuff like that. It's like he acts like these are like Clinton. I mean, it's so stupid that this is the actual news. Yeah. But there was one article I saw, which I was second guessing myself. Like I make specific predictions about how these 
plots are going to unfold on a kind of moment by moment basis. And that's very hard to do. I mean, there's so many different ways to write a script. Yeah. Uh, how can I anticipate how they're going to write it? But there was an article today that did echo what I thought was a likely way. And that is there are anti-Trump Republicans called Republicans for the rule of law. And they are targeting the six defectors to force them to call Bolton. So they're targeting Romney, McSally, Murkowski, Gardner, Alexander, and Susan Collins, not Doug Collins from Atlanta, using their own words against them in ads that they are airing on Fox saying the Republicans have to call Bolton because Americans need the truth, whether it's good for Republicans or bad. So I expected there had to be a bombshell that would trigger up to, you know, close to 20 Republicans to think about voting for conviction in order for this to be at all interesting. And I believe this is maybe the first shot on that, across that bow. Yeah, getting Bolton up there? Well, that the Republicans, that there's a group called Republicans for the Rule of Law that's leading the charge on on G on Republicans defecting from a straight party line vote. So I don't, I'm not focusing on the Bolton element of it. Maybe Bolton will be the bombshell. Maybe this is foreshadowing to that. I'm just saying there's absolutely no way he's getting convicted unless 20 Republicans change sides. Yeah. I think the and, conclusion is foregone unless they're going to try to make it dramatic like that. And I think they should try and make it dramatic. Like we talked about on Saturday, bring all the big, big guys in. I just, I just think that that's where, what we're in for. I don't. It's a major distraction from everything else that's important. But Completely. this seems to me like they would get the most legs out of the impeachment if it seemed close. And they got Dershowitz. They got this high-powered lawyer team for the. It's all star power in this show that we're seeing. You got Schiff on the other side. They keep showing those images of, you know, Schiff looking. Uh, bold and tall, and all his, all his uh, minions behind him. This these, these pack photos that they put, so it shows the them at combat at battle, and- which are clearly photoshopped. You know, they're not really like you'll see. It's like a photo montage. Yeah, a lot of times, you uh-huh. know. And so, if he were to actually get removed from the presidency, which I don't think that's going to happen, think about the precedent that would set. That somebody could be removed from office without a crime being alleged, without a specific crime being alleged. I think it would go to the to this just destruction, the inviolability no longer uh, or that that it is no longer possible to function under this democracy, that it's run its course yep. and it no longer functions yeah. because – Trump supporters would not accept that. No. I'm not saying they would bring down the government. I'm just saying you would then have a real, whatever, constitutional crisis. Or and anti-Trumpers, resistors, aren't going to accept Trump winning re-election. Well, that is a foregone conclusion. Uh-huh. I mean, every single election for 20 years has been considered illegitimate by the other side. Every single presidential election, every one of them yeah. for 20 years. So that's par for the course, and it plays into 
the crisis of democracy that I think there's been plenty of foreshadowing. Yeah, I think the difference is the protest nation that we have at this point and the people who are so many people who are activated and ready to be mobilized. I don't think that was the case in the past when previous elections. Yeah. No, no, I don't think it was meant to be a crisis of democracy in the past. Yeah. I think that this has all been building up to we now know elections are like virtually never legitimate. Yeah. So so you had Obama, Hillary, Cruz, Republicans and Democrats are all tainted by this poor election like that there's no more faith in the presidential election for for starters and this could be the tipping point and i i think the backdrop of protest does actually lend itself to thinking that but like i said they get ahead of me sometimes and i can't see how they're actually gonna unroll it and so, and a lot of times there's foreshadowing yeah that's meant to distract you that's what i think happened with the virginia gun rally so on saturday you and i were talking i think on the air Maybe not. Maybe it's on commercial, but we were talking during the WSB show where there was so much hype about the gun rally in Virginia that I, I, it called to mind when Rumsfeld was saying there would be shock and awe bombing Baghdad. And I was like, you know, there was no shock and awe. Like they, they sometimes hype you up and then you get a nothing burger because they had something else in mind. And I do believe that that is what happened in Virginia because there was a ton of hype from also all avenues, including trolls. And I too think, much hype. Yeah, it was just too much. And uh, I think people were talking about false flags, which you just never hear in that at that level on the chessboard without there being official sanction of that kind of chatter. And uh, so, like when people start asking me, oh, do you think there's going to be a false flag? I'm like, no, because you asked that question. So the fact that it's just on your radar means it's probably not going to happen. But I think what they were doing with the Virginia gun rally is, so the FBI did a sting that you brought to our attention. The governor declared a state of emergency. They cordoned off the assembly area to be no guns. So they separated the First Amendment rights from the Second Amendment rights. They said no drones. They really did a lot of things that might have been considered controversial from a strict rights perspective. And guess what? Everything went great. Yeah. Because tyranny is safe. That's right. So it wouldn't have worked. Their demonstration of the wisdom of suspending rights under certain circumstances would not have worked without that hype that brought the fear and the anxiety top of mind for people who are now like, wow, you know, I was wondering if it made sense to ban guns at protests. And and now I, I guess it did it make worked. sense. Yeah. yeah. And also- I'm, not a, I'm not a huge, like when it comes to marginal questions like that, I'm not like everybody needs guns all the time. But as you, as you, if you have a lot of public spaces, so I'm an anarcho-capitalist, there's no public spaces in my world, but- a private person, a proprietor of private property that lets people on their property, that guy knows best what he wants and what the rules should be on his property. So I don't say that on a private property, some guy should not say no guns. Sure, if a guy owns a bar and he wants to say no guns, right on. 
the question is, how should public spaces be governed? And then you have to decide if you're a minarchist and believe in government, can you trust the government? And I say we have a pathocracy that does not use good judgment, does not have our best interests in heart. So giving them that power, you can't really trust them to use it properly. So it's just a nuanced thing. Happy to talk about it. And if we ever get... And people can email me but or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. It's just it's a nuanced question and I think the Virginia Gun Rally had some lessons to be drawn from. Yeah, I think the Virginia Gun Rally also I know this wasn't the case, but the way that it was reported in the media, the progressive media anyway, showed a bunch of people out marching with guns, and the way it was reported was that these are white nationalists, these are potential terrorists, domestic terrorists that all armed. We're showing you the problem that we're facing. And while I know that wasn't the case, there's people who were just defending their Second Amendment rights. When it's going to be reported that way on the left, that's going to put in people's minds, oh, no, Nazis are rising in America. They are spreading everywhere. Look at all those Nazis because they're being lied to about who all the people are. Yeah, I, I think that it – I don't think there is any reason whatsoever to bring – to to have to bring a gun to a an assembly petitioning to defend your gun rights. I just – I don't think – if you want to lobby – for legalizing prostitution, I don't think you Bring need to have sex <laughs> on the floor, on the stairs of the Capitol building. Like, I just, I don't think you need to have that symbolism. I think it, it I, I think it's, it's already illegal though. I- illegal, though. So that would be doing an illegal act, the prostitution. It depends on where you are. But whereas guns are currently legal. Okay, well, a bad analogy then, but I just I feel like it's not you don't have to bring that symbol. Yeah. It's just a it's a system, it's a process. You can you can lobby and petition your lawmakers. Uh-huh. They vote, they represent you. You don't have to make a a cartoonish show. I don't object, you know, I'm not going to the mat for it. I'm just saying, you don't that if to the extent that it plays into or antagonizes the other side, that's you don't have to do that. It might not. You might. There might be a, a better way. I don't right. object to it, but I'm just saying. Well, so brandishing your weapon for dramatic purposes in a large group could come off as intimidating and could actually hurt the cause potentially more. And there could have been false flag agents doing that. You know, there could have been people shaving their heads. Well, that's what I think around. the entire yeah. white supremacist, white nationalist thing is 100% fabricated by governments. Since the beginning of Nazism, yes, it enhances a dysfunctional subculture, but all of that stuff, I think all of it is always a brainchild of a statist. Yeah. Speaking of status, super ultra statists, Trump made a speech at Davos, which I sat through, listened to for no good reason. On the opening day of the impeachment, worth pointing out, Trump speaking at Davos, which nobody's focusing on. Oh, that's interesting because he did skip it last year. Yeah. To be like anti globalist, uh-huh. but he actually led it off by saying, We just signed this USMCA deal. And then he talked for 30 minutes about how it focuses on the American worker, America first, nationalism, blah, 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 nationalism, 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 which was a complete smoke and mirrors because what he was talking about was one, the most globalist thing that has ever happened. But I did dig in a little bit to what's going on at Davos, and I've got some stuff about that. But 
I uh, the other big speaker was Greta, right? Mm-hmm. Greta. What was her story? She opened it up, and she wasn't as fiery as she was last year, but she kind of – it's almost like she was going through the motions telling the old people that they have not – they need to trust the science. They've done nothing. You've done nothing. Nothing. You know, I wonder if if they are really getting ready to out themselves on the solar radiation management. I mean, that's going to be a tough sell, especially if it likes – if they really get the mandate on that, if they really – just uh, get the okay. I, I have a feeling it's going to get, they're going to go bananas with it and really make it cold, like, which is very bad. Like, you don't want that. You want warmth. You ever try to bl- grow food? You want warmth. Yeah. Like, cold is not better. This is better. If they actually, man-made global warming is something we might want to know how to do. Yeah. You know? I'm not a fan of the cold. It's like been 20 the past couple of days. I'm okay with it being a little bit warmer. But Greta basically focused on trusting the science. She did scald the old people, but not as you know. She wasn't as angry this year. She's seventeen, by the way. She they still make her look like she's ten. She's seventeen years oh, old. Oh, now she's girl. seventeen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Her speech was short and sweet, and Trump's was boring. I thought too. Except yeah, the, totally. The things that Trump said that I thought were interesting. It'd be worth tracking is he said that we are going to start for every regulation we create. We're now going to start eliminating eight regulations. I think he was I think that was backwards looking. I think he said that's what they actually did. Oh, That's what they did. Okay. Yeah. And and my reaction to that was with that kind of stuff. The devil is in the details. Yeah. You can have one regulation that devastates an entire industry or ecosystem and take away eight little ones like how you park your car you know like it doesn't matter you could definitely consolidate it into overarching things that the numbers don't the devil's in the details when it comes to regulation that expression is most perfectly coupled with regulation yeah and he also announced that we are entering into the trillion trees program i know do you know anything about that I looked it up a little bit before the show. I don't have enough information on it. I mean, it that's yet. like 140 trees per person. That's a lot of trees. Right? Is 7 billion times 1,000 is 7,000. I mean, it's 7 yeah. trillion. So I think it started off as the 7 million trees Well, program. it could be 7 billion because there's 7, 7 billion. billion people. Yeah, but they like surpassed that number a few years ago, so they bumped it up to 7 trillion from what I understand. And Greta even had to comment on it. Planting trees is good. And then she went on to her speech, so she had to get that out of the but way. But spraying aluminum is better. Yeah. You know, that was – I tweeted a picture of – I saw like that. From the sky. Oh, my gosh. It's like it a big a stitch in the sky. It of aluminum. It was so crazy. You don't normally see it because they usually do it on top of the clouds or against the, against the sky, and you just can't see it against the blue. But it was super freaky. But let me tell you some of the stuff I found in Davos, unless you want to finish that. Anything else about Greta? Oh, well, I have something else about Greta yeah, from the Davos here. stuff I found. It's called uh, the Greta Thunberg effect. Oh, I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> and they they are touting it at Davos. So here's the thing with Davos. I guess it didn't really sink into me what their raison d'etre really is, their reason for being. The guy who, Klaus Schwab, I think his name is, he established it. This is the 50th one. He established it in 1971. This is the 50th one. And at that time, 
he put out a Davos manifesto. And today he put out a new Davos manifesto. And I didn't realize their kind of single focus is to convert the world from whether you are a shareholder capitalist society or a state capitalist society. So it's basically liberty or socialism. He wants us to be a stakeholder capitalist society, which by the end of the manifesto, I concluded was fascism. <laughs> so what it is, is he, he wants executive pay and financial evaluation and company mission statements to be focused on stakeholders, which is not just shareholders, the people who own it, but customers, employees, ultimately society at large. And that the funds of these multinational corporations, which he actually says should work with governments and civil society, which is like Soros, you know, oligarchs, whatever, to have companies all focus on this bigger picture. Now, if you think about environmentalism, which is their tool, I'm reading Behind the Green Mask by Rosa Quar, and she talks about this idea, the precautionary principle, which I'd heard of before. And what it is, is if something is suspected or accused of being bad, don't wait for the science, just ban it or live like it's bad. And that's like a law. So, so what, and he, I think he refers to that or something similar. My point is when the science isn't there, when you don't know the answer, the guy to have the shit, to have the company have that mandate doesn't necessarily mean it works in my interest or society at large, right? So who's running the show? executives that aren't even being paid for measurable results like making profits. They're being measured by some political thing and they're going to effect political change without the transparency and accountability of democracy, which is how like Zbigniew Brzezinski said, we should do all this stuff. Democracy is a problem. We should do it all through non-democratic organizations and that, what happens then is that the little guy who wants to just buy some shares and participate in capitalism can never do that without feeding this beast. Yeah. Without promoting these politics. And, and he says the reason that we're getting finally people on board, such as the U.S. Business Roundtable, is the Greta Thunberg effect, where she shames us as, as raping future generations. And there's... One other thing. I think we're that, already seeing a lot of that with, with corporations right now. I think on their own, they're doing these social justice initiatives. Oh, yeah, it's not on their, their own. Mission. This is this is 50 years. This was in his original manifesto. He oh. established the World Economic Forum to change the world like well, that. He's, so he's been working on to it. To culturally change the world. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's, socially. That's, it's working right now. Yes. Corporations are kowtowing to, to those pressures stemmed off yes. by Greta and they have these online media, online mobs that uh, attack people on social media, attack companies yep. on social media. Yes, so that's, it, the, that's the Greta, the Greta yeah, tactic. They, yeah. But this, but I didn't realize that this World Economic Forum was for, that that was their primary 
goal. So I think there are a bunch of these foundations. They're all kind of related. They all have their own silos, you know, and having read this manifesto and it calls back to the original manifesto, that's their silo. But one thing in this short list of their goals, which was much narrower than I expected, it says zero tolerance for corruption. And that is something that's popping up, popping up, popping up, because for me, that is a tool of going after individuals who do not conform. So if you've got a rich capitalist who doesn't want to buy into this crap, like Travis Kalanick, you're going to target him personally until he conforms. That is what I think. I think that is their tool. And that's why you hear like sanctions in Russia and Iran and stuff like that, sanctioning individuals. Well, it won't have much of a impact on that country, but that guy's fucked. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they'll probably just, they'll, they'll define corruption at the whenever they find someone well, they right. want to silence, well, they'll call them corrupt. They won't get. Yeah, a clear I think they're all corrupt. I think we are getting to the point where, as the as government controls basically everything, or there's regulations control everything, as you get to that world, everything has to be corrupt. Like there is no way to get rich without government connections. So everybody's compromised, everybody's tainted, and then whoever they want to pick off. They can pick off. I think okay. that's how it works across the board with journalism, yeah. politicians, everything. And now they're saying, I think they're going to do it at the corporate level. So they just stop ignoring the corruption they were previously ignoring. When yeah, they like they used to want you to get rich. Like they wanted Soros to get rich so he could do this thing. Who knows about that Gone guy, the Lebanese, Brazilian, Japanese escapee. You know, maybe he stopped doing what they wanted to. I don't know. But that's what happens. Kolomoisky, Zlochevsky, like that's these names pop up. Kolomoisky's not on the run, but Zlochevsky is. And Kolomoisky's 10 times, 100 times the size of that guy, but he's still in the game. Yeah. Fertash is on the run. You know, like it's just when you look at it, like, why is this guy okay and that guy's not okay? It's like, oh, well, who's calling the shots? That's what I think the game that Giuliani was trying to get in on, but he's such small time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so what else? What else? Speaking you got? of corruption, there's mm-hmm. a four-part Hulu series called Hillary that will be opening up at Sundance, where, among other things, Hillary opens up about Monica Lewinsky, and he bashes Bernie Sanders. She bashes, yep. yeah, she bashes Bernie Sanders. She talks about how he was in Congress for years and how. He was the no one supported him. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him because he's got nothing done and he's not an outsider. And and the Bernie bros there, it's basically an attack on men overall. And Bernie is being used as the proxy to attack men. It's kind of the overarching theme goes without Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders battle we've been seeing over the past couple of weeks. So Hillary has stepped into that. Not with this four part series, a four part series on Hulu dropping a couple of weeks before the Iowa caucus. And she's saying this now? This wasn't from when she was running against him? She's saying, well, she's talking about it back then, too, but she's also talking no, about it No, but, like, she's now. saying that now. Yeah, she's like, saying she's, it recently. She was interviewed about it. She's doubling down on that. Wow. Yeah, she was interviewed about it, and she reiterated those points in the interview. And it's also worth noting that she's mentioning the Monica Lewinsky thing and the impeachment. So we have a big right. women issue Right, and Ken Starr was the right. prosecutor, so, and now he's on yes, the defense side. Very well advertising and marketing drops as well as propaganda 
all coming together to release something like this. And on top of that, there's another documentary that's they're teaming up with HBO. Brian Stelter is teaming up with HBO, the CNN host of Reliable <laughs> Your Sources. Your least favorite person. The most unreliable source yes. on television. And the documentary is about the rise of fake news. It'll debut in March, and the title is called After Truth disinformation and the cost of fake news and this is i can tell you right now probably going to be one of the most pure pieces <laughs> of unbelievable propaganda that you've ever seen because hbo spreads propaganda on a regular basis they had the watchman which was just pure property just if you're a comic book fan i don't think you're going to like the watchman because it doesn't really stray from the comic book goes for pure propaganda. They have HBO also has Pod Save America, the former Obama bros that they promote on their their network and I want to say that the real origins of fake news are laid out in most of Edward Bernays' books where he goes through the history of it all the way back to Napoleon, to the revolution here. Fake news is not a new thing. There's a book that was released after World War I called Falsehoods in, War- in Wartime. Fake news is not new. This is going to be Brian Stelter and HBO rewriting history like they do on a regular basis on television. That's a lot to digest. I totally agree with you. You're 100% right, and you have wrote all those sources. Most we absolutely have to do a propaganda report. I have to hear more about this. There was something else you wanted to tell us about the show, Homeland. Oh, Homeland. We've I'm going to save that one for tomorrow. I, wasn't, okay. I knew I wouldn't be able to fit it in right. today, but yes, I, I will bring I that want, one tomorrow. I just, for the record, also I'll on say, HBO. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Or Showtime. So, HBO, Showtime, sorry. sorry. Oh, Showtime. I don't know Showtime, but HBO is just awful. Well, they're hitting so, every network. Hulu, HBO, Showtime, yeah. CW. I mean, they, they, try, they try to infiltrate people's minds through every source of communication that they come into contact with. Yeah. The, the, I just wanted to, before we completely moved on, I, I believe, I do think that one, you know, I don't know how they're writing the scripts, but I do think that for the impeachment to really feel relevant, Biden kind of has to be the candidate or not be the candidate because of what Trump did. So if he's, yeah. if, if this, if there's infighting in the Democrats and everything, I, I think it's in part to justify him, but he's this. Oh, did you see that Sully, that airline pilot, that miracle on the Hudson, which like that thing like makes me choked up just thinking about it. that was so crazy. Anyway, he wrote an op-ed piece the other day, just yesterday, the day before, about how he used to have a stutter and it's not right to make fun of Biden. Oh my gosh. And it's like your stutter was not the onset of Alzheimer's in a person who might have his finger on the button. Like I think Biden's faking, as you know. But even if he's not, if he is not, and Sully didn't say he was not, he said he he was literally like having a problem. It's not like a kid with a stutter. Right. That's what it becomes, though. It becomes, I was a kid with a stutter, and now I might be president, so you can too, kid with a stutter. Yeah, but it's not. It's like, I'm really old, yeah. and this could be dangerous because I have a degenerative neurological disease, you know? They could probably <laughs> take any ailment that he has and say, when does this right. arise in children? What disease or genetic disorder does this arise in yeah. in children? So, yeah, I guess you never knew that Biden had this thing also. Well, also, this idea that it's discriminatory— to reject someone who's 
neurologically unqualified for an extremely <laughs> neurologically intensive yeah. job. You know, like uh, it's not, it's, it's essential to the job to have the skill that he seems to be losing. I don't think he is. I think he's faking. Right. But it's, it, it rose to the level of Sully doing an op-ed, I think, in the New York Times. So yeah. it's out there. They're like Biden's Alzheimer's. You can't discriminate against that yet. Let's evoke the fit, the 25th. For Trump, who's unfit for office, mentally unstable. Good point. You can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at 4 p.m. on theprofitreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. It's Share the Show Tuesday. It is Share the Show Tuesday. I almost forgot with a holiday. Uh, You blew my mind. We have 100 positive written reviews on iTunes. We have 100 reviews. Uh, we have well, and a four point like, nine rating. Yeah, so it's the gotta be number of reviews. A couple of trolls, right? A couple of trolls. I'd have to look at the number of written reviews. We have a good number of those as well, but not. Oh, I see. Like ratings. Okay. Yeah. So what I'm asking is, share the show. Share the show on social media. Find one person you can give the gift of the Drive Time News Blast to. And I really, really, really like to see those stars racking up. So wherever people listen, give us a rating. It just makes me feel good. I love it. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow.